0: Chances are you're a pretty smart person. Actually, I know for a fact that you are smart, even though I've not met you because you're listening to this show. You might proclaim yourself as an intellect. You might think of yourself as the brightest person in a room. That's, of course, until you meet anyone else in that room. But look, I'm not here to judge. We accept everyone on this fine podcast, Locked on Bruins. And I know, as a matter of fact, I know for sure, that you have the wits to understand that because it is a tuesday check because it is a february day check and because it is basketball season another check that you make a blended smoothie and you put all that in there that it's going to pump out a basketball centric show i mean that's just where we are in the calendar year and don't roll your eyes at me because first of all the women's team is playing really well right now the men could learn a lot from the women's team by the way And now the men's team is realizing that they are something. They've won four out of five. And as a credit to their recent success, freshman Jaime Jaquez has been named the Pac-12 freshman of the week. That award came out yesterday. I could have told you that he won the freshman of the year. You probably would have just gone along with it. I don't think a lot of you would have contested me on that. I think it might happen. I also think I might be biased. But it's not far off to say that. But because I am, wink, wink, supposed to be a pseudo-journalist here on this fine podcast, Locked on Bruins, I do need to spit some facts from time to time. But that also leads us to opinion, right? That's what we want to do. So for Jaime Jaquez, on this show, I'm going to vouch for him as why he is the most important player on this team. That might strike some controversy in you, and I welcome it. You can chime in via my email, which is lockedonbruins at gmail.com, or my Twitter, which is at Brian Fenley, Brian with a Y. So love to hear from you. And also want to look at why Hawkes isn't quite as well-rounded of a player as he wants to be. All of these things and so much more will be talked about on this episode, and let's welcome you in before we go any further. This is Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. I'm also a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio, so if you are a listener of Fox Sports Radio, you've probably heard something I've done, or if you haven't, then feel free to check that out. I am also a co-host for the Bruin Insider Show, and that airs tonight from 7 to 8 p.m. We've got some great guests on that show tonight, In fact, the aforementioned Tiger Campbell will be on the program. Also, a couple UCLA softball players fresh off their national championship win, how they feel like they could do that all over again this year. So that'll be fun. And you can listen to that on the radio in Los Angeles, AM 570. If you don't live in L.A. and you want to check that out, you can go to uclabruins.com. There's a drop-down menu, select Multimedia, and then go to Prior Audio Broadcasts and select the Bruin Insider Show. So a ton of content, as is customary for me here on a weekly basis. And as far as Locked on Bruins is concerned, if you haven't done this yet, and I don't ask for much, I, I would simply love it if you could hit that subscribe button. I'm not a very needy person, at least I don't like to think I am, but I ask one simple favor. Subscribe, tell your friends, This is a great home base for Bruin fans. And when things are not going well with sports, with a team that's struggling and losing a lot, this is like a support group. This is therapy. So this has a lot of different benefits that maybe you thought initially weren't actually plausible. But here we do magic on Locked On Bruins. And if you haven't done it yet as well, you can rate this program and provide five stars or four stars. You can tell me what you like. You can tell me that you appreciate some topic I brought up, or you can tell me you hate me and to shut up. So that's fine, too. And as you know, you can probably finish my sentence. I am always considered, or at least I have been called in my childhood, a human pinata. All right, so from there, here is the lineup of what we've got for you. Jaime Hawkes, I'm going to tell you why I think he is the most valuable piece to this team. Then I'm going to look at, as well, the Pac-12 standings. And it is a mess. It is a traffic jam. What we do know is not a whole lot because there's so much that is uncertain. It, it, it There's so much parity. Plus, am I overreacting when I say that legitimately I think that this Bruins team could go on a long run? I mean, dare I say, let's say they win out in the regular season. Do they even sniff the NCAA tournament? How plausible is that? I know if they win the Pac-12 tournament they can get in. And that could be a possibility. Am I overreacting? Feel free to tell me via email or Twitter. But I just thought we can look forward into the future and because, you know, I live in Los Angeles, some of you might live in Los Angeles as, in well as well and you know Hollywood's close and even some of you listening to this podcast might work in the entertainment business, know what it's like to make-believe a little bit, that we could do that. We can look forward and chart out what's what's realistic or what, if all works out, like how good could this team be? Like, could they just run the table? Dare I say run the table? I know, I did say that. It, it, but you never know, right? You never know. But I do want to start with looking at where the Pac-12 standings are. It is a bloodbath. It is a mosh pit. It is a meat grinder. It is a free-for-all And that can be a blessing or a curse, because when the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee sees that there are a lot of teams bunched up, that doesn't give you a lot of street cred as far as valuable wins. But for UCLA fans' perspective, the fact that they're only a game and a half out of first place, well, that looks appeasing. So selfishly, for UCLA fans, you should be favoring this this parity. It should be a thumbs up for you. The, the crazy thing about the standings right now is that eight teams are within a game of each other. Oregon is at the top, but they just lost to Stanford. The Cardinal obviously beat UCLA. And after that game, well, we could never forget what happened after that game, when Mick Cronin just let out his fury and called out his players. And to be honest with you, that has been the biggest change in the season for UCLA. I mean, they were going one way, that was the ultimate wake-up call, and they have pl- been playing so much better ever since he called them out publicly. And that's why, once again, I am all for that kind of coaching and that kind of accountability. But when you look at some of the other teams in, in the standings, so Oregon is 7-3, and three. Colorado and USC are right behind 6-3, and three. USC just got beat by Colorado. UCLA just beat Colorado. So there's no mathematical equation here. I mean, you've got UCLA at 5 and 4. Arizona 5 and 3. Stanford 5 and 3. UCLA is going to play Arizona later this week. There's just and the Trojans have these these really bad losses as well. I mean, you remember the loss against Washington? And, and what a train wreck, honestly, Washington has been. You know, they, believe it or not, it seems like years ago, but the Huskies earlier this season were ranked in the top 25. And now, I mean, they've had one of their guards suspended indefinitely for academic issues, and they've had other problems. The Huskies are 2-8. and eight. In conference. They are last place. They have lost five in a row, and they have a 12 and 11 record overall. So quite the fall for the Huskies. Obviously, the Bruins beat them in Seattle already. Transitioning now to Jaime Hawkes. Guy just won Pac-12 freshman of the week honors over the two games last week and wins against Colorado and Utah. Hawk has averaged about 16 points per game, shooting 50% from the floor. I am here to tell you, without a doubt, with the utmost confidence, that he is the most important player on this team. This is going to stage a lot of hullabaloo from you, in that you're going to contest me on this. And and that's what I want. Like I want debate. I want fans to tell me why i'm wrong and why they're right. I, I mean that's that's what makes sports talk a lot of fun is that you can connect with fans and do that. But i think i have a pretty good reasoning for for my belief system here. And and let me point this out. Okay, last year, what was the worst part of the basketball team? It barely existed. Defense, right? That was the ultimate downfall. What is Jaime Jaquez the best at? Defense. What was another problem that the Bruins did not have a lot of last year? Accountability. Is there a player on this Bruins team that does more in holding his teammates accountable than Jaime Jaquez? I would argue there is not. He is also a believer in the culture. He is buying in. He is that, that sticky note that you have on your refrigerator that reminds you to, to do your chores. In this case, reminding his teammates to play hard. That sticky note to, to not take a possession off. He is the coach on the court. You never would have thought that upperclassmen would be listening and, and learning from a freshman. But that's kind of the, the role reversal that's taken place here and that Jaime Hawkins as a freshman is instructing everybody where to go on the court. And if he's working as hard as he is on the court and, and hustling and not giving up on plays and not taking plays off and giving all his energy all the time, doesn't it look bad on another Teammate, if you're not doing that, like if you're all kind of doing that, it, it doesn't. You can't really tell that, that you don't really stand out. But what Hawkes does is because he is just a complete energizer bunny, the this, this spark plug. It puts peer pressure on the rest of the team that they have to to play as hard as him. Because if they don't, they get they look get. They look bad, and Mick Cronin, not afraid to pull you out of the game if you're not providing that energy. You're making a mistake out there, Quick, quick leash out there to to yank you off the court to keep you accountable. And accountability is important to setting a culture. That's what Mick Cronin is trying to do. And what I love about Jaime Jaquez is that, for the most part, this is who he is. Like he he when, when he dives for loose balls and, and he comes up with deflections that you think that nobody else could have gotten to, like this is not he didn't all of a sudden come to UCLA and this is like a new character like this is this is like ingrained in his personality. like he did not change his persona and, and all of a sudden do this when he came to UCLA. That's what makes him so unique. And so when players have their own self-doubt. It's nice to look at a guy like Jaime Hawkes, who controls what he can control for the most part, and you can look at him and say, well, goodness, if if he can do that, then then maybe I can as well. What I I think is his biggest hindrance, what is blocking him from becoming, like I said, that more well-rounded player, is I think sometimes the the game... They say, as as a cliche, the game will slow down for you. I think he processes the game a little bit too fast. I think that his turnover numbers can be be turned down. I think he can develop into a better passer. I've been impressed by his three-point shooting, his pull-up game, obviously his defense. He also remarked recently that, as far as not just him, but the team as a whole, that they need to do a better job in second halves of games because a lot of times they fall apart and they have to stay cohesive and that they had been working on having that togetherness and practice the last couple days. But there's not a whole lot you can badmouth about where Hawkes where is. That's what makes him so fun to, to watch. And I'm imagining to be his teammate and to coach him. I mean, he's got to be a coach's dream, it's just the turnovers because he plays with so much energy. Sometimes he just makes too many decisions at once, leads to a giveaway, and that involves in the passing game as well. And he's got great vision, but sometimes processes a little bit too much, which can lead to a blunder or two. But there's really not a whole lot to to say other than that. His report card is is certainly in the A material. And you know, you always want to have places to improve though at the same time. I mentioned this, I proposed this question at the beginning of the show in the hopes that by now it's been some time, it's been marinating in your brain and even if it's unconsciously been doing so, you now might have a answer to this said question. And that is, how realistic is it for UCLA to make a run to complete the Pac-12 schedule. Now am I completely out of my mind? Am I losing my mind by even entertaining that possibility? Or do I have some truth in that given that the team has won four or five and they're playing their best defense ever? A wide spectrum of different answers I'm expecting from those that are always very negative. And I'll never understand the really, really negative Bruin fans because, like, you think deep down, like, inherently they want to see Bruin athletics succeed. But from what you see on, like, social media and stuff, it feels like they have, like, this joy and this, like, love or this, I don't know, fascination with feeling pleasure from their struggles, the team's struggles. So I'll I'll never understand that. Then there are the, the skeptics, those moderately in the middle who are still not sure. And then you've got the really enthusiastic, optimistic types that think, well, yeah, we're going to run the table and win it all. And, and I, I don't know, maybe maybe that is the case. But as far as what I think, I won't know, and I know I'm postponing my own decision on this, but I won't know until this weekend. What's this weekend? We play Arizona. They're a nationally ranked team now. They're 23rd in the AP Top 25 poll. I want to see now, and I know our defense played poorly on the road against another nationally ranked team in Oregon a couple weeks ago. I think our defense is so much more advanced since then, more connected, playing harder, playing more sound, that I want to see now how our defense looks on the road again against another nationally ranked team. This is going to be my measuring stick. This is going to be, I know we just had like Groundhog Day. Like this is going to be like if we play well, and I don't know, the Groundhog comes out, that means it's spring. I don't even know how the hell it works. But if if we play well, then then we'll know that we're going to play really well the rest of the year. That's how my assessment of it is. If we play well against Arizona and win, then that's the, the good Groundhog Day or the, 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 the spring is shortened. And then if we go to lose, end up losing that game, then it's going to be, okay, well, it's it's more of a long-term look. And we might gather some wins, but it's more of a long-term. The short-term, we might not quite be there just yet. Just my observations of things. I also have a couple other, uh, other side notes to, I think, issues that have, at times, kept this team away from playing better, and that is that the bench play isn't quite where it needs to be. I want to see more of Jake Kyman. I know that Prince Ali has taken some of his playing time, I think, and Prince Ali, Coach McCronin has said his attitude is improving. He's trying harder on defense. He's even making some shots from three, and I, Prince Ali is a great guy. I've interviewed him before. I just trying to figure out what's in the best interest of this team now, and in looking, you know, big picture here because Prince Ali, a decent three-point shooter, but Kyman is a better outside shooter, and Kyman's minutes have precipitated and, and, and been reduced recently. I just think about games like like you go, you remember that Washington game where we won and. A lot of you w- would probably think, well, we probably would not have won that game if it if it, it was a fluke. It was a fluke. We should not have won that game. That's what you might think. Some of you out there might be of that mindset. Well, yeah, I mean, it was wild that Jake Kyman hit seven threes. But the fact that he's shown that he can do that. Who says that if we play him in a game that on paper we're not supposed to win... That he comes up with another big performance like that, and we end up winning a so-called fluke game or one that we should not have had any say or any business winning. It's not going to happen if he doesn't play. So something, again, to think about and let that go around in your mind is like he's a better three-point shooter, and when we look at the stats here, I'm going to point out a couple stats that you probably figured were 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 the case and that is our 3 point percentage is 11th out of 12 teams in the Pac 12 and our made threes are 11th out of 12 teams our opponent's 3 point field goal per, field goal percentage is is at the bottom of the Pac 12 all 12 out of all 12 teams were at the bottom and the the final glaring stat that has got to draw or drive Mick Cronin Crazy is the fouls per game. The Bruins are fouling the most out of any team in the conference. And how many times this season has Mick Cronin had to be very selective in when playing Chris Smith and Jalen Hill and the likes of those guys in the second half and being cautious about how much playing time they're getting because of trying to conserve them from getting or preserve them from getting uh, a situation where they get fouled out. So you want to go on a run you need those guys you can't foul it's that simple and I wish it was that easy. (laughs) But looking ahead to tomorrow Tiger Campbell will join the show I'll have a one-on-one interview with him. You will also hear from a couple members of the UCLA softball team and keep in mind that we're going to Transition a bit to football later this week on Thursday because on Wednesday, tomorrow, it's National Signing Day and the Bruins will have completed their 2020 recruiting class and so then we'll be able to see and we'll be able to banter about recruiting rankings and then I can spotlight a couple key players who are in the newest class in terms of who will be the the most instant impactors, if that's a word, on on this team looking into the fall. So plenty of good stuff ahead for you. Appreciate your time. As always, I'm Brian Fenley.